Hi, this is Phil. We've been trying to get Brian David Marshall on the show for a while, and Shivam was with him in Magic Fest Oakland at the start of 2019, so he sat down with him. He actually sat down with him in a hotel lobby. It's a blast. We liked the raw feel of the audio, so we kept it au naturel. We hope you like the sound as much as we did. Also, we want to congratulate Shivam. Shivam has been appointed to the Commander Advisory Group by none other than the actual Rules Committee, as it was announced by Sheldon Mennery. As of this recording, Shivam didn't know about the Commander Advisory Group, but don't worry, we will be talking to Sheldon very soon in an exclusive interview about the Commander Advisory Group and its role in the Commander community. We're also making a few changes behind the scenes. We want to thank Tyler Webb for helping us change hosting services for the podcast. Tyler and his friend Chris host The Unformatted Review Show. It's an unfiltered, rambling look at a different movie every week where the only rule is, there are no rules. I've listened to many of the episodes myself, and they're two good friends talking about movies. But be warned, they aren't family-friendly so you probably don't want to play them around children or in stores like you do Commander in. Now let's get on with this fantastic show, and thank you, Brian, for coming on and talking to Shivam. Okay, so um, let me just test it and make sure that the gain is up because we like our sound quality on Commander. Hello, hello, hello. Testing, 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 making sure it's not my laptop microphone. All right, awesome. Um, okay, there's going to be a lot of background noise just for the editor. We're in the lobby of a hotel, so <laughs> can't do anything about that. Um, cool. Yeah, so, um, let me figure out why there's that. Testing. All right. I'm Shivan Putt, and this is a very special episode of Commanderin, coming to you live from Grand Prix Oakland in 2018. Pause for intro music. Hello and welcome everybody to Commander In, the podcast where we talk about community issues, but not three topics, religion, politics, and Hearthstone. Uh, but normally I'd be joined here by Phil today, but Phil is in Los Angeles and I happen to be at the Grand Prix, so I grabbed one of my favorite people from the Magic community, a person that I've respected for a very long time and I'm super excited to sit down with. The uh, proto historian and longtime magic dude, uh, Brian David Marshall. I'm getting longtime magic dude put on a business card dude, after this. Longtime I mean, magic dude is the best title I've had <laughs> in 24 years involved with this game. <laughs> yeah, dude, you've been, it feels like for as long as I've been following magic outside of just me and my friends playing, I've seen your name in things like either Inquest or Scry or talking about early, early tournaments in New York or just forever in a day and it feels like you've always been there on coverage for as long as I've been paying attention to coverage and it's just super cool to sit down and talk to somebody who's actually seen the game for the entire stretch of the way oh it's super cool and you know I love talking about commander and I love hanging out with you so this is gonna be a lot of fun awesome yeah so uh excuse the sound quality today we are recording live from a hotel lobby using my microphone and set into bi-directional mode so hopefully this will come out but um I have a lot of good hopes for it um but mainly, we wanted BDM here today because of the fact that I wanted to talk about one of my favorite decks that I've seen, which is his Sidisi Spider Spawning deck. But he's also got this Enchantress deck that he's been building, and since I've also been building an Enchantress deck, I figured it would be a good time for us to just kind of sit and uh, go back and forth on that one, too. So when you say I'm building an Enchantress deck, so I have an Enchantress deck that I bought at, like, Target or something. Right, the pre-con. The pre-con. And then I have a stack of cards that are some of the cards I want to put in it but I have no idea what's coming out yet or which of these are I'm putting in or 
what cards I'm going to be like, you know, <laughs> firing up the internet browser to buy uh, over the next couple of days. I've already had to order a Sarah Sanctum and yeah. uh, I had to order, I had to order a few cards already. Did you get I a replenish yet? I'm probably not going to play a replenish. I have a replenish somewhere. I'm probably not going to play it. Yeah. It's, I... it's a little like, so I tend to not go for the big, crazy, broken turn in commander. Sure. I find that to be where my interest in playing the game ends. Mm. Um, someone's like, aha. I have and done I, the thing. I've done this thing, and now everybody loses. Uh, generally, I will start with that intention somewhere, building one of my decks. Find that it's pretty easy to build the deck so that you are able to do that in a pretty repeatable fashion and become quickly disinterested in doing that. Mm. Um, and so, especially if it's just like, a, okay, I win, right? Sure. That That's... You know, like right now there's an approach to the second sun in my pile of cards for my Enchantress deck because I'm pretty sure I can reliably draw my way to an approach, cast it, and then draw enough cards with Enchantresses to cast it again on the same turn sure. and just win. I'm not sure that's what I'm going to want to do feels like with my Enchantress deck. It just feels kind of counter to the idea of Commander. Right. Like, oh, I win. Okay, well, now what are we going to do with the other 45 but, minutes? But, but honestly, increasingly, when I play Commander, I feel like I am now... The game has the, to I, end, right? I'm now on the back foot because I've taken those things out of my deck. So I'm now trying to fight fair with people who are not fighting fair. You see, when I started... I was the one trying to not fight fair. Sure. And I was playing with, like, Sheldon Mennery and Scott Larrabee. <laughs> and those guys would just, you know, they're like, hey, come on. You know, this is, we're here to just have a good time and hang out. And, you know, we have some rules and you've broken all of them. <laughs> right? And so, like, my Momir deck got, like. So pretty... were you playing Commander from basically the beginning of no, the format? No, no, not at all. I was actually very, very resistant to Commander. Uh, had that whatever stigma for me of like, no, that's not how you play Magic. Okay, so let's let's pause for a second and go back a little bit and see where you are with this format. Picking up where we left off, uh, editor. And picking the computer up. Off yeah, the, floor. the the laptop just fell. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I was actually curious before we get too deep into the nuts and bolts. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, Commander for or your relationship to Commander. For our uh, listeners at home. So for a number of years, I, so I got started doing coverage somewhere around 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. Started traveling to a lot of events. And uh, somewhere, I don't know, mid-2000s, I, I noticed judges gathering in the lobby, playing Magic, taking up our drafting tables, which I was pretty resentful of. Can we stop and have you, uh, let's, can we figure sure. out a way to angle the chair so you can be a little bit closer? Sure, I can just button? be right here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, much better. So uh, around 2002 or so when I started doing magic coverage, uh, one of the big attractions for me for it was getting to hang out with all these people sure. that uh, I would only get to see at magic events. Still true 15 years later. Yeah. And I uh, started going to a lot of events. And a big part of that attraction is getting to spend time with people drafting after the tournament. You know, right. and hanging out and just people from all over the world that, you know, you don't see on a regular basis outside of your play group. And, you know, you form these connections with traveling to these events. And so I was a little resentful of Commander as it started really popping up more and more in the mid 2000s, or at least in my eyeline, because the judges who normally would go off and go to a bar somewhere and disappear after the show we're now in the lobby every night <laughs> taking up precious table space right with this like you know you know air quotes here stupid eight or nine player game and, and they've got these crazy giant piles of decks giant, these giant decks and these incredible machinations and you know they're doing like random number calculations <laughs> because you know there's like four different red enchantments that you know completely randomly redistribute permanence <laughs> and target thing you know and i'm like what what the F is this? You know, come on, I want to draft. I'm not playing this stupid format. And I was very resistant to it. And Scott Larrabee and Sheldon Mennery especially uh, were really, who are, you know, really good friends of mine, were pretty adamant that I would enjoy it. And I'm like, no, no, man, I'm not going to like this. This isn't for me. We draft. <laughs> After a tournament, we draft. Why don't you guys put away the, you know, put away the 99s. Get over here and draft <laughs> some 40s with me. Let's go. And, uh, you know, and we, we never saw eye to eye on it. 
And then I was in Japan for a Grand Prix. And Ron Foster, who was sort of like the host uh, for all the Japanese events, yeah. whenever we would go over there, we'd take care He's of the a cool artists, guy. I like him a lot. the coverage people, you know, the, the, you know, the tournament organizers. And he was, he was very excited that there was a commander event. He's like, look, BDM, I think you're going to like this commander I have. I know you. I've, you know, we've talked about magic a lot. You're going to really like my Momir Vig deck. <laughs> Momir. He's That's like, a great So he hands me this Momir Vig deck. And, you know, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just kind of ramping a little bit. Played my Momir Vig, but it's gotten killed. I've done okay. Huh? And then, at some point, I have a Yavamaya Elder, which already now, by the way, I'm hooked. Right? <laughs> You've given me a format where I can play Yavamaya Elder, one of my top five cards of all time in the history of Magic. I've got a Yavamaya Elder in play, and I'm spitting imaging it every turn, <laughs> sacrificing the spitting image creature, Oh no! getting two lands, yes. using one of them to spitting image the oh. Yavamaya Elder, playing one, and uh, <laughs> going through the deck. You're living the dream, man. And then eventually I make, um, I don't know, 10 Tide Spout Tyrants in like two turns. <laughs> I mean, nobody has any permanence. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll build a Momir deck, I guess. (laughs) So that was my first commander deck. I built a Momir deck. Uh, I played a big part of the appeal of building that for me was getting to play with a lot of. I played a lot of blue green decks over the years. I had Tradewind Rider in my first version. Uh, I had. Sorry, I'm a little congested. So my voice is a little more nasal than usual. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I had a lot, you know, I had Maltani's Accolade in the deck of card I love, but I, but I had Elvish Visionary, I had Wall of Blossoms, I had Jungle Barrier, all cards that I, I love, Mystic Snake, Draining Welk, you know, these cool cards. But uh, then I also well. had two of my favorite cards, which is the Pickles Lock, which is... Brian Elemental. Brian Elemental and Vesuvian Shapeshifter. Right. Right, and so you have a Brian Elemental face up, you unmorph a Vesuvian Shapeshifter, copying Brian Elemental, nobody gets an untapped step except for you. Yeah, uh, that Brian Elemental, like when it, it's a morph and when it unmorphs, it like, you can't, you, you skip your untapped phase, right? Right, basically your opponents skip their untapped step. And Vesuvian Doppelganger, you can flip, you can flip up it, and down whenever you want. You can flip you want. up and down, and so you, and every time you unmorph it, it's a you copy. You can clone something. You clone. I love that card. The, you know, which is also just like one of my favorite cards of all time. This is a deck that I built with Mike Flores for Standard that <laughs> got pretty popular. Gavin Verhey played the deck and, you know, did really well with an event. Paul Chion eventually picked up the deck. Some of the Japanese players had oh, a yeah. Tron version of the deck. Pickles is very famous. One of my favorite decks. And so I explained that. And uh, Sheldon and Scott had strenuous objections <laughs> to me playing this and thought I was sort of, you know, well, we talked about it earlier, that idea. Like, breaking hey, the gentleman's you're agreement. You're breaking the gentleman's agreement. I'm like, Sheldon, if I let you untap, show me your hand. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> show me. I'm not going to let you untap, so you might as well just show me your hand. If you, have, if you don't have an insurrection in your hand, <laughs> then I will agree <laughs> to remove the pickles lock from my deck. But if you're holding insurrection, <laughs> which you would be able to cast next turn, and, and kill us all, <laughs> then, Stop uh, it, you know, then, then, then you're stuck here. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, he, he had it, and I still have the deck, and I still have the pickle lock in it. <laughs> Although I'm more judicious in the application of that lock. Well, yeah, because... I once did lock down a nine-player game. I locked down oh, eight miserable. players. That's miserable. And I had to go. <laughs> And so I chose when I was going to quit by the player I liked the most. It, that player got to untap. Ah, oh, oh, beautiful. Pickles is such a miserable deck to play against. <laughs> and he, but there's some groups you play with where you're like, okay, these guys don't deserve to untap. Well, you, but, but again, you, know, you can sort of you know, make friends at the table. You can say, like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I need to just get set up. I need to draw a couple cards. I, I just need a couple turns to catch up here. So I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to play my prime speaker or something, and then I'm going to let the combo. Yeah. You know, I'll let the combo go, or I'll let you know whatever it is, or I'll let you untap. Maybe we have an alliance. Okay. Sure. So yeah, you and I are going to do something. You know, you can you can play it that way, but that that's not the cards that have gotten banned. There multiple cards have gotten banned out of Momir Fake, by the way. Well, yeah. Prime time banned. 
primetime, the banning of primetime is like the thing that makes me so sad. Sylvan Primordial? Banned. Oh, Sylvan Primordial. Well, the one that Profit of Crufix. Profit of Crufix is the one that hurts me the most. Like, that's one of my favorite cards of all time, and it's just like, come on. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's what I love about Commander, is that you can sit there and say, like, this is my favorite card, I'm going to put it in my deck. Right. Like, my deck, I use uh, Kaldoran Outpost. You know, the old yeah. land, it lets yeah, you make yeah, soldiers. Yeah. It's not the greatest card in the world, but it's... It's no Legion's Land. But it's my favorite yeah. card, right? And I was like, a format that lets me play this card and doesn't care that I'm playing this card is the format that I want right. to play it. Yeah, I, I've, I've actually recently gotten attracted to the format middle school. Yes, me too, because again, I was in middle school when those cards were legal. I was not, <laughs> but, uh, but that's really the prime of when I played Magic. You know, like really competitively every day with a large group of people. You used to have your own store, right? I had my own store called Neutral Ground. We had tournaments seven days a week. Uh, It was a pretty insane scene. You know, probably five or six Hall of Famers were there. Young John Finkel. Young John Finkel, Steve Omoni Schwartz, V. Moshewitz. Oh, my God. Just like. uh, All there on a daily basis. I'm just imagining what that must have been like to just be like in the nexus of the hardest core magic players of all time. It was great. <laughs> it like, was it must awesome. have been so much fun. And, like, magic is new and it was fresh. These cards are coming out and people are playing bonkers things. Yeah. And, I mean, and, part, and part of it is that's how magic players get better, right? Like, yeah. they're surrounded then by those other players. And right. Like, John Finkel is only John Finkel because Zvi Marshall and no, all these guys. No, no, John Finkel was always John Finkel. Was he always yeah, just, he's like, just he's just like, he's, like, sort of, like, the... The logical flaw in every <laughs> religious mythology. Like, but what about before there was anything? Oh, there was just John was just really good at magic. That's just how it works. He's just he's absurdly good at magic. It's just silly. Yeah, oh, we, he used to come to our events and we would run uh, a black Jizam uh, Jin sealed deck tournament. Before there was such a thing as sealed deck, really, it was called a skills tournament. And you would just get a sealed deck, and you would need to build it down. So, to, like a starter deck and a couple of. It was like, I think it might have just been a starter deck, and you would build it down, and then you would just play a bunch of matches, like where you'd get people would get paired up as quickly as they were done, and then whoever had the most wins would get this Juzam Jin. Oh and my it was God. always John. Oh. And we were like, "Well, this can't be true. Magic is not this skilled a game. This is a sealed <laughs> deck. Like, there's got to be some. We got to watch this guy. What's going on?" <laughs> and then you know, it's like, "All right, go watch him." He's like. Man, I, I, he's so much better than me. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Yeah, oh, yeah, I never would have done that. His, oh, man, his deck was... Yeah, no, it was really good. <laughs> he's just he's just good. Yeah. He's just that good. Yeah. Oh, man. So, but yeah, anyway, that's that's when I... You know, Ice Age on is where I really, like, took to right. competitive magic, started trying to qualify for Pro Tours. Did you ever qualify? Uh, I've, I've uh, qualified for one individual Pro Tour, and... One, two, three, four, four. Te- I believe four team pro tours. That's cool. Yeah, I, and I and I finished. It's gonna be. It sounds like. I don't remember if it's eleventh or thirteenth, but we finished in the top sixteen at the second pro tour New York. Uh, my team winning a thousand dollars each. That's pretty cool. Which is my best. Uh, finish at a high level magic event. My best finish is winning three packs at an F and M. So I don't have really a lot. Well, that's of... my second finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. You must have like you've been to every like pro tour. There's been no, there, no, like... no, not even close. I was at I was at the first pro tour. Um, my team spot my store sponsored a team, and we went to most of the early pro tours. We had Team Neutral Ground, right, which uh, included. U.S. national champion Dennis Bentley, uh, <laughs> and also a bunch of guys from our store. Uh, and we would, either me or one of my partners would go to every pro tour early on. But then there's a big gap from where we were just running the store and, you know, doing business, you know, taking care of our business, where from probably like 98 to around 2002, if I wasn't playing in a pro tour or... Uh, there was some special reason to be there. I was I wasn't at. So the how event. did you get? Uh, how did you get associated with like doing coverage or whatever? So I, I was running neutral ground. I was, um, I had a we had a, a content website at neutral ground neutralground.net. That was at the time, uh, and we would do extensive coverage of all of our events, mm. which included uh, a grudge match, which was an ongoing tournament for series with your movie games. Uh, and every week there was a qualifier where players would qualify to compete in a tournament 
that would let them then earn the right to send a champion forth from our store nice. versus a champion from their store. That's pretty cool. And uh, a lot of great players, OSIP, Patrick Sullivan, um, Billy Moreno, um, huh. uh, you know, a whole, a whole slew of great players from that era came out of that tournament series. And we would publish deck lists every week, way before anyone was publishing deck lists every week. Nice. You know, we would have all the deck lists from the event. You know, players would be like, it was like we, we really came up with also, we, like, we were like, if you play in our tournament, you agree that we are publishing your deck list. Sure. Because people used to always be like, oh, could you withhold my deck list? Don't mm-hmm. publish it. It's like, we're like, no. You know what? When you sign up for this tournament, we're telling you, if you do well. Oh, yeah, because t- everybody wanted to hide their tech. Yeah, and- yeah. Your deck list is getting published. So we were this, like, great resource for decks. We really moved metagames between, between our events and Rob's events. Uh, we would do feature match coverage of, like, big big events. I started going to events where we had the finals to be hosted, like, at a pro tour as a side event. That's cool. And so, like, we, we, we or at a Grand Prix or something, and we would write about, we would do a big feature piece about, you know, Bo Bradley versus Tom Guevin, which was, you know, like, the greatest t- David and Goliath match <laughs> ever. Bo, Bo Bradley was just a super nice guy, Really aw shucks. And Tom Guevin is the epitome of like the late 90s American <laughs> trash talking, sling, you know, slang slinging, <laughs> you know, meme you know, kind of not a great person to play against, but man, his friends love him uh, kind of player. Nice. And uh, both kicked the living crap out of him. Awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> That's rad. Uh, and so what, Watsi? And, then, and so, yeah, and, and, I, and I had relationships with Watsi, and I know people like Elaine is someone, Elaine Chase, for example, is someone who was a judge at my events early on mm. and competed at my events and was oh. a judge at my events. And That's awesome. Yeah, and so I've always known, you know, maintained Scott Larrabee is someone who was a tournament organizer with me, and we would, you know, collaborate on you know, initiatives to do well for our events. And so I knew a lot of people and I was at events and uh, in the, I guess I was qualified for a a bunch of team pro tours in a row. Uh, And after 2002 in Boston, I think I was playing with Paul Jordan and Tim McKenna. We didn't do very well. And uh, I got asked to do some coverage. Uh, help out with a top eight and I wrote sure. some top eight reports I started writing for the sideboard.com uh, I did a couple of different article series for that mostly about trying to qualify for the pro tour uh, one was called walking to Houston mm. which built up to pro tour Houston and it was me going to every PTQ and generally not doing super well but then uh, I used doing, to read those and then doing a tournament like following then okay well I'm done but like Oh my God, Chunk Ricciardi's back. He's got another top eight. Let's, you know, talking to him and f- covering his match and covering all the top eight, publishing all the top eight lists from the PTQ and awesome. did that on a weekly basis. And I was also then, you know, MT, Ma- Magic the Gathering.com was starting up or Daily, yeah. what's now called Daily MTG. And Aaron was talking to me about doing some work there. And then I also started doing coverage. I went, so I covered something in Boston. I went to Chicago to cover that event had to leave after one round because my apartment flooded. <laughs> and then my next event was Yokohama, uh, 2003, where I got to cover the master. Oh, that. sorry. Where I got to cover the master series and the pro tour. But the th- funny thing, and this is going to bring it up full circle here, where I got to cover the master series with Gab Nassif, my first match of real legitimate. I'm doing the whole event, uh, pro tour coverage covering Gab Nassif versus Bob Maher, Oh Gab Nassif is playing Enchantress. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's that feels like it would have been a very Nassif deck. Oh, it was so Nassif. And, and in fact, the one of the so one of the cards that's sitting in my hand right now in this pile of cards that are going to go in the deck. Well, there's a lot of is Words of Wind. Words of Wind. Yeah, this is going to be a central way for my deck to win. I've never seen this card before. It's uh, two and a blue enchantment. It was a whole cycle of enchantments. There was one for each color. They all cost the same and had some similar draw uh, replacement. Pay one. The next time you would draw a card this turn, each player returns a permanent he or she controls to its owner's hand instead. That seems messed up. So, for example, let's say... That seems real, real messed up. Let's just say 
I had a land that I could tap for like a lot of mana, like a Sarasanctum. Sure. So I tap it, and now I play Wild Growth on a land. Okay. And now I have like five draw triggers. <laughs> I might only draw three cards, and maybe pick up an Abundant Growth on, instead of drawing one of my cards, and pick up an Elephant Grass instead of drawing one of my cards. And then I'll draw three cards. But by the way, guys, you all have to pick up two permanents as well. Now I'm going to play that elephant grass. Sure. And I've got some mana floating still for my, you know. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going to pick up my Sarah Sanctum this time because I haven't made my land drop yet this time. I'm going to replay my Sarah Sanctum. Yeah. And so so you can just do all of this (laughs) and continue to like. And you can also just be like, I'm not going to draw anything. I'm going to pick up five enchantments. Everyone pick up five permanents. I'm going to play those five enchantments, and now I have 25 draw triggers oh my on God. the stack. And uh, I'm going to pay 25 mana. I'm not going to draw any cards, and we'll just oh all pick God. up stuff. And oh. and you can actually just upheaval the board. That's gross. That yeah. is gross. Which, by the way, is also one of my favorite cards, upheaval. But, yeah. so, but that's so like, this is how Gabe Nassif uh, won with it. One of the ways he won with his deck. Oh, my God. And so uh, it's something that stayed with me since that big, that first real, like, full weekend coverage assignment and I, I, I'm going to put that into play in, in this All right, set so, of cards. So yeah, that's a good time to let's transition into looking at this deck here. So Enchantress is one of the classic archetypes of magic. Yeah, It's like one of my favorites and it basically means like, because there was Verdurian Enchantress back in Alpha or whatever, yeah. you play an enchantment, you get to draw a card. That's the core basis of Enchantress, right? Right. And so they've been a bunch of different cards like that printer over the years that let you do things like, oh, you play an enchantment, it gets shrouded. You play an enchantment, you draw a card. You play an enchantment, something happens. So what is the core? I mean, so what are you going for here? Because, like, Enchantress, at its core, is like, okay, you've drawn a ton of cards. So what are you going to do? So I'm, I'm going to go in for a couple of different ways to win. I mean, I'm going to go for... I, I've talked about the ideas. I could win with Approach of the Second Sun. Right. It's possible. I might put that in there. Um, you can win with tokens. So you have Sigil of the Empty Throne, yeah. Anointed Procession. Uh, yes. um, you could also do, um, what is it? What's the new card? Divine Visitation? Is yes, that, Divine, Divine Visitation. Visitation and maybe squ- uh, Squirrel Nest, for example. I'm going to tap this land and make, make a 4-4 four, four Angel. Oh, it just happened to my Squirrels and Angel. Sorry. <laughs> um, Sarah Squirrels. <laughs> you know, you, you have a number of different enchanters that play. We play you play different ways to tutor for them. Worldly Tutor... You play, um, what is, what's the... The white one? The green-white one. Um, I can't think Eldamari's of it. Eldamari's Call? El, yeah, yeah, Eldamari's Call. Uh, you could play Wargate is a great one. Wargate's Bant and X to get a, a permanent with oh. converted mana cost of X. So, like, for five mana, you can get an Argothian Enchantress. For three mana, you could go get a Sarasanctum and put it into play. Oh. Um, oh, that's neat. Yeah. I've never heard of that. So, yeah. So, lots of redundant ways to, to, tutor to for do effects. that. You know, I'm looking at a card like Dusk to Dawn as a way to, like, you know, clear the board, but also to Dawn to get my all my Enchantresses back. Right. Um, I, another card that I have in here that I really like. And I, what I about, like, Second found- Sunrise or whatever? Oh, no, that only gets, what, yeah. artifacts back? Well, I, I like Mending of Dominaria a lot here. It's an enchantment. Uh, it's going to get me back oh, a yeah. creature so I can get back my enchantresses with it. Uh, I use that in my Titania deck because, like, I throw all my lands away. Mending of Dominaria brings them all back. Yeah, but I'm also just looking at generally, like, just cards that let me get out ahead, right? Yeah, Bounty, Bounty of the Luxa. Um, you know, utility cards like Exelon's Binding. Sure. Uh, I'm, you know, I wanted to play Hadana's Climb. Yeah, I also, that's one of the other reasons I wanted to play this deck, because that card's really cool. I'm looking at Oath of Druids. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Like, I just get to Oath into my Enchantresses, and then something stupid's going to happen for me and not for <laughs> you. And if I have Words of Wind, like, I can always bounce my Oath. Sure. And, Is uh, Oath legal in EDH? I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Uh, I mean, I have a fast bond in here too, and that's apparently yeah, not that legal. That is not legal. Uh, I have attunement. What is that? Uh, attunement is an enchantment. When it comes into play, draw three cards, discard four cards. Okay. Why? Well, because if I draw six cards and discard. Oh, and then. If I'm drawing all these extra cards. Oh, because you're getting the draw triggers off of the enchanters anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's bonkers. Yeah, you know, cards. It's fill your graveyard. That's yeah. all these things to do. Cards like Sandworm Convergence. Like yeah, I love Sandworm Convergence. 
Uh, Sigil is obviously just going to be great. Yes. Uh, Solitary Confinement is a card I love in an Enchantress. Are you going to put any like ghostly prison type things in there? No, I'll probably, I'll probably put things like Solitary Confinement in or mm. uh, Elephant Grass is always just a nice cheap card to sure. be able to replay and to buy yourself some turns and just point someone in a different direction generally. <laughs> Do you know who your commander is going to be for this one yet? Uh, uh, commander is going to be the the planeswalker mm. uh, because you end up having Estrid, s- right? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. right here. It's uh, Estrid the Masked. She's actually really cool. Like everything, giving totem armor to all your things is really well, cool. Well, really, what I'm interested in is untap each enchanted permanent you control. Yeah, uh, that's really interesting to me because again. You put a lot of wild growths, abundant growths, overgrowths, uh, you know, <laughs> Oh, everything. yeah, so all of your lands suddenly, All of like, your lands make Hey, look at that. Mana. I just untapped Sarah Sanctum again. Right. Fancy that. Yeah. So I think I think that's kind of where I'm going to go. I'm going to... I got a long flight to, to Tampa tomorrow. Mm. I'm going to probably have a lot of this laid out on the plane. <laughs> I was uh, actually planning on putting a Bogle sub-theme in there because I was like, I'm going to have all these enchantments anyways. I might as well put a couple of... One one hex proofs and just kind of go. I think I'm taking all my creatures other than enchantresses out of the uh, deck. I think I'm just going to play with it. I think it's just like I'm all in on sigil or uh, approach. I think those are going to be my only ways to win. Maybe a squirrel's nest or something like that. Mainly, I just really want to play daybreak cornet. Sure, like, yeah, sure. Uh, come on, it's right yeah, there. Yeah, I love playing like totem armor stuff. I know it's like it's great, but especially um, um, ultimate master just reprinted like. All the Umbras. Yeah. Like, those are some of my favorite cards ever. Oh, was, so and you like, get a lot of them in the in the Estrid deck. Yeah, too. and I was like, I'm totally going to play all the Umbras again. It's going to be, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I, I do also like the Bestow creatures a lot. Yes. I think the fact, like, making the Enchantress deck gave me a good reason to go back to look at Theros cards again. And Bestow is such a great mechanic. Yeah, I'll probably play Corsair Crufix. Yeah, why Damn not? Damn it. I'll probably play Cor- Oh, you should. Corsair. It's an enchantment yeah, creature. It's yeah, yeah. Like, I, I have the really nice alt art card. I love Corsair. It's one of my from favorite. The, from the dual decks. Or yeah, whatever. I remember that. Yeah. All right. I'll probably play Dude, that. Corsair's great. It's one of my favorite cards. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And I, I'll probably play Oracle because I play Oracle in every deck. And again, with Words of Wind, I really want to exploit extra land drops if possible. Sure, of course. And then, like, don't you put the Sawtooth guy from. Uh, Ixalan in there. Yeah, I could. I, I like that card. I've been playing. I played a lot of that card in Standard, actually. Yeah, that card is great. Yeah. It lets you get extra land. I mean, it's, it's so good with Experimental Frenzy. It's insane. Oh, that sounds silly. Yeah, because you get all those extra land drops. You know, I might need to build that arena deck. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, that sounds like it would be really fun. I had built it. I haven't built it on Magic Online. Maybe I'll just play it on Arena. Yeah, I need some. I'm like so bored with all the control mirrors. Yeah, dude. I mean, Sawtooth is one of my. I mean, I love land drops. Putting extra land to play makes me happy. Um, wow, that's really cool. I've gotten a lot of ideas for my Enchantress deck, and I've been staring at this pile. Yeah, I'm just like, no, it's where I'm at, right? Yeah, like, I just like, live with a pile of cards and yeah. start thinking about connections and things that right. I want to do and, and, and cutting myself off from, like, okay, I can't do everything. Right. So. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I want to put some of my favorite cards. Like, I'm going to put Burgeoning in there. Oh, it's, sure. It's an enchantment. I thought about that card. It's not card. great, but it's, I, I love that, that card. card. I thought about that card. And I was just like, I want to put cool enchantments, but I also don't want to, like, just overload. What, what's the uh, what's the ghostly prison that counts enchantments? It's like you know where people have to pay X for per attacking creature, where X is the number of enchantments oh, you control. It's like sphere, some kind yeah, of sphere. Th- yeah, sphere of sphere of safety. Sphere. Of yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, yeah. Protection. Probably, something, yeah, I don't something know, I'll probably play that card. Yeah, that card would probably make sense in this yeah. day. That seems really fun. Yeah. So. And, I, and Thursday, I'm actually also just bringing it full circle. Uh, I'm going to be spending the day with Sheldon Menery. Oh, cool. So I'm going to see my family. My family's in Tampa. They live about 40 minutes from Sheldon. I'm going to visit my family. Uh, lost my dad last year. It's first birthday that we're not with him. So I'm going out there. We're going to just watch sure. like all sorts of like his favorite movies. and Just have a, just have a, like, a really sad day together. <laughs> um, but just celebrate him. You know, sure, I'm, of course. I had a great run with my dad and was really grateful for every year I had with him. But... Um, but to be there with my family, and then Thursday, Sheldon's about forty minutes away. I haven't seen Sheldon. You know, he's he's had a pretty rough. He's had a rough year. He's had a rough go of things, and uh, we believe his liver will be functional enough to share a glass of bourbon while I'm there. So I'm really excited. I, to I share. wouldn't want to push it. Well, no, no, this is this is what he you know he he thinks he's ready. So. I may be sharing the first glass of bourbon with him oh, that's a good uh, in his recovery, which I'm very excited yeah, about. Yeah, we, we wish All in Sheldon moderation. the best. Moderation. We wish Shelton the best. He's a yeah. friend of the show and he's a father of our format. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Just so I want to have this deck ready, and I want to make him bounce all his permanents to celebrate <laughs> his good health. It's like, let me celebrate your health <laughs> by making your life miserable, buddy. Uh, 
But actually, I wanted to talk to you about your Sidisi deck. Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's Sidisi, my that's my baby. Sid, so Sidisi is one of like my favorite commanders. I've been wanting to build it for a long time, and I saw your deck, and like it was right when I built my Hapatra deck, so I was trying it out, and it was like you built basically a deck to let you play spider spawning. So I, I built the deck with Marshall. Uh, Marshall and I were at an event, and we had a conversation about how unfair it was that you had to use legends as your commanders. Maybe maybe you have a favorite sorcery that you want to build a deck around. And we agreed that we really wanted to build a deck around spider spawning. I mean, look, dude, my soldier's deck is literally just, I want to build a deck around Assemble the Legion and Keldoran Outpost. Right. Two, two of the podcast episodes I've done with other people, uh, the, two of the most popular things I've ever done is one, Talking about the spider spawning draft deck with Marshall, yeah. unlimited resources before which broke spider spawning, which before people really knew what was going on. Like well, I, I think a, a bunch of us knew, and some of the other ones were mad at me for perhaps right. spoiling their fun. But and now I was nobody too excited can about spider spawning ever again. <laughs> uh, and then the other was I, I was actually on the command zone talking about uh, spider spawning my command my commander deck, and people always ask about it. I always get asked for updates on it. Um, it's it's one of my more popular. Uh, it's hella fun, dude. Yeah. It's hella fun. So the idea about this deck is it is Sidisi is a commander of necessity. Uh, the deck is a spider spawning deck. Right. And it is super resilient. It uses all the cards from a perfect spider spawning draft deck. So there is a memories journey. There is a runic repetition. Yes. There's a mulch, goddammit. <laughs> there is a deranged assistant. Uh, All the self. There is a knot of the bone. You better believe there is a knot of the bone. That card is insane in Commander. Yeah, because your your graveyard becomes so big, and you're like, I just gained 38 life off this garbage, and like made 14 zombies. Let's do it. Um, But but so so and the deck is really pushed in the direction of milling yourself, getting a spider spawning into your graveyard, being able to make you know 22 20 you know. 80, you know, you know, if you have your doubling season effects, yeah. whatever, spiders, and, you know, win any number of ways. Um, you can win with um, Ishkana. You can, you know, like, just like Ishkana. draining everyone with yeah. Ishkana. You can. Like, that was my goal. I you can hoof people out. Yeah, of course. You have to hoof people out, and right? So, and this was the thing, more. this was the agreement Marshall and I came to with this deck. Because our goal was to win with spider spawning. Mm. We gave ourselves permission <laughs> to do whatever was whatever was needed <laughs> to make this deck work. So we play Demonic Tutor. You we play what? Vampiric Tutor. We don't play those normally in our commander decks. Mm. I mean, you know, they're like, not that they're not good cards. They're just too good cards. It they, feels they like make cheating the sometimes. They, may, they feel like cheating, but we needed to get the things we needed to get <laughs> to do this. Because they don't let us play with spider spawning as a commander. Fair. So now we have to, we have, to we have access to it. Uh, so, you know, and, and we gave ourselves permission to play with Craterhoof Behemoth and Beastmaster Ascension. I love Beastmaster Ascension. Uh, you know, we, we just... We, it's like all your one-two spiders suddenly become like six, seven. We like, told ourselves it was okay. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> the, the deck is busted. And like even your plan B is it's just It's not fun. really busted. It really but isn't busted, but it is it's not consistent. Busted, it's fair. It's it like, is consistent. It's just north of being fair or just south right. of being fair. It's like right on the other side of the line. But yeah. it's it's pretty much a very it's a fair deck. It takes time to build up. It doesn't just like win. Right. But inevitability, man. Your deck is like didn't you have one game where you like nearly flipped the deck over entirely and one of so the I last did, turns? So, so I, I played at the it, Vegas? Was in, it was at Grand Prix Vegas. We played, it was a, there was a big commander evening where yeah. there was like, the whole room was people playing commander. That was one of the best days. Yeah, it was man. an amazing day. I got into a five-player game, and I was playing my deck. I had been fearing Bajooka Bog the whole, whole event. I'm like, which one of you sends a <laughs> place but Bajooka Bog? I'm like, yeah, giving everybody the eyeball. <laughs> I hate that card. I can actually recover from a Bajooka Bog. I... I actually have ways to get cards from Exile. And well, you yeah, have Memory Journey and things like that. Really well, no, I have, um, what's the, I can't think of the name right now. Food the 2-2 two, two, two that shuffles a card from Exile back into your library. 
I can't think of it off the top of I my head. I have it in my deck it's somewhere, a, okay. but I can pair it with Deadeye Navigator. Oh, and, no. Okay, and it's fine. Ching, 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 yeah, if you want to talk about cards you have to give yourself permission I, for, yeah, yeah. Deadeye Navigator needs to... <laughs> that card needs to die. I'm sorry. Yeah, that card I is agree, just nonsense. But, you know, if I'm allowed to play with it, I'm going to play with it in this oh, deck. I mean, it's legal. Play I don't it. play with it in my other blue decks, but I will play with it in this deck because it's okay. Not okay. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so anyway, yeah, so we're playing this crazy game. And I've been really just actively digging through my deck, and one player is playing uh, Phoenix. Phoenix, and he's, blue black. Uh, and he's been counting, and he's counting, and he's like, okay, how many cards do you have left in your library? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I had like 32 cards left in my library. It was really early in the game. And he's like, okay, tap my guy, play a guy, play a guy, tap, 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 tap. And he's just like, mill you. you. He, but he, ta- he taps himself out. Um, I'm like, okay, all right. I got zero cards left in my library. He's like, <laughs> all right, go. Next guy goes. Does something. Next guy goes. I'm, I'm next. And he looks at my library. He looks at the Bajuka Bog in his hand. Oh, no. <laughs> and he goes, Bajuka Bog targeting guy to my left. Because <laughs> he's like, you're dead. Why would I waste my Bajuka Bog on fair. you? Fair. I mean, it's just totally fair. So I'm like, all right. He's like, all right, Bajuka Bog. It was his last card, right? Yeah. He'd been holding it. And he's like, Bajuka Bog, go. Oh, so now it's my turn. Everyone looks at me like, okay, okay come on. Okay, you die? I'm like, all right, uh, from my hand, cast Memories Journey. <laughs> shuffle a bunch of cards back in. <laughs> Flashback Memories Journey, shuffle a few more cards back in. Uh, I have, like, a lot of draw effects and a lot of, like, and I, like, draw. Um, draw again. I think I was the Monarch or something, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Uh, splendid Reclamation. Um, <laughs> return 30 lands to play oh, with no. Hedron Crab. <laughs> Target Phoenix guy. <laughs> oh, no. To kill him. Eat and it, buddy. Hedron uh, Crab. I love uh, that card. Attack Bajukaba guy <laughs> with a bunch of stuff. Kill him. And now I have two players left. But neither of they're both kind of like fatigued on resources, and this guy's graveyard has been exiled. <laughs> and now I'm able to just continually chase that like runic repetition back my That's memories so journey, gross. and <laughs> just like like oh god, these cards have to be in the right sequence. And but I clawed and got eventually was able to build up a little bit. Like of library you, your then, whole deck was basically dead. You were dead yeah. on draw, and you just been able to just yeah, and it was great. I had like access to my entire grave. deck. I had access to my entire deck. It was perfect. Oh my you god! Yeah, I had eternal witness for this. It's I like had, the dredge player's dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you have like bridge from below or anything in that? No, no. You I don't really need it. I if uh, honestly, if it's not moving my deck's goals forward, I'm generally not playing it in that deck. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty. It's it's pretty focused. I, I have I have a lot of updating to do to it. I haven't updated it since Guilds came out. And there's a lot of cards in there that I want to play with. So do you think there's any of the undergrowth cards or anything you would put in there? Oh, absolutely. I, w- I definitely want to put Mulder Hulk in. Mm. Uh, get my Gaius Cradle back. Or yeah, fair. Um, uh, I like that card a lot. Uh, I probably want to put Izoni in. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Izoni is a deck that I want to build. I yeah, think that's... I just want to put her. I just want to put her in the deck. Mm-hmm. I think it's just really good in there. Again, just. You know, she seemed really fun. Yeah, and also just, I, I can make a lot of insects. Yeah. <laughs> Put a Vraska in there and get some extra. Yeah, no, it's yeah. too good. It's not, 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 not really advancing my, again, not advancing my goals of, of the Of spidering. Deck. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't always know what it is in, in after, but I know it when I see it. Mm. To paraphrase an old Supreme Court ruling. Yes. <laughs> about what <laughs> makes uh, my deck work for me. So sure. um, there's a handful of cards, that, certainly undergrowth cards that that, that I want in there. Uh, I kind of like the uh, Glow Spore Shaman. Mm. Uh, I kind of like that card. I, I definitely like the four four that gains life too. I actually would would not mind another way to gain life besides yeah. Naw. I think that actually that redundancy is kind of good, especially in your deck where it's like. I mean, I feel like life gain is really undervalued in EDH. Yeah. Like, people are just like, ah, oh, it's just gaining life. I'm like, yeah, but when people are just hammering you, yeah. gaining that one or two extra and life. And I have is Genesis, nice. and I have uh, Oversold Cemetery. Sure. So. Oh, uh, that's a great card. And I definitely need to put a sack outlet in the deck. I don't know what that is yet, but I mm. could use a sack outlet. Sure. I mean, that just seems. That deck just seems so fun. Yeah. It's like one of those ones that's like, you pull it out and it's like, 
I don't feel bad if I lose to that deck because it's in style. <laughs> uh, you're not uh, going to find unilateral am I little, am support I for that. This? No, Look. I mean, some people feel, I mean, I, Nate Holt. Nate Holt. Let me tell you something about my arch nemesis. <laughs> Nate Holt. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> adjusts his commander decks just to beat me. <laughs> That's the way it should be. That's uh, called a meta right there. He, we were playing in Philadelphia at one event, and he, what's it, Rise of the Dark Realms? Yeah. Is that the one where you take all the creatures? Yeah, that's the one where all the creatures from everybody's graveyard comes in. So he played that. He took about 30 creatures out of my graveyard. Ah, that's great. It wasn't that great. I had the card that all the cards returned to their owners. Homeward Path? Ho- uh, no, uh, the, it was the, home- the, cre- the, the creature. I can't, I can't think of it. Oh, one. no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and so I, had, uh, I knew he was going to do that. So oh, I that's that in miserable. There. And so he cast Rise of the Dark Realms, and I actually Forbidden Alchemied, Forbidden Alchemied with Flashback, and did something else that was an instant that let me look at cards until I dumped that card in my graveyard. And then he got everything. But oh, then no. I got all my creatures back. At the, everyone got all their creatures back, but I, That's I got the most. That's adorable. Value. Yeah. That's adorable. My nemesis, Nate Holt. <laughs> oh, man. And, like, so you and I went to dinner the other day, and we were playing a five-way game of Commander at Versal with two of the cosplayers, uh, Olivia and uh, Tappy Toes, and then also with Inkwell Looter. Yeah, jo- Josh Rankle. Yeah, Josh. And his deck... Was ridiculous. His deck is so good. He just he just won two games of Commander while he was waiting for us to leave the venue today. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what's what's the name of his Commander? Again? Mogus. Oh, Mogus. Yeah. Oh. So his deck basically it like it makes you draw cards with like things like Howling Mine or whatever, and then it has all these Black Vicey type effects to make you just take damage or Underworld Dream style effects. Yeah, make everyone take damage. everyone take damage. But during our game, he played the the uncard. The count goes to one, or the count starts at one or something, which is play a sub game everybody's at one life then he played iron maiden on us yeah where it's like okay if you have more than four cards in your hand you take two damage so we all just died and came back it's like all right well all you take double damage now to be fair we all agreed he could play one on card you know what it was awesome though it was awesome that was, that's the way if you're gonna play on that should that's yeah. the way it should work and that's one of the things i really like about commander so like listeners if we should play we all agree i can play one fast bond <laughs> right? That's just, that's just the spirit of the game. <laughs> fast? One fast bond. Nothing bad will happen. I'm pretty sure it's fast bond. It's okay. I'm pretty sure fast bond's not even in the spirit of the core game of Magic. <laughs> that card is just stupid. I lose life every time I play an extra land. I'm helping you Dude. in your goal to defeat me. I can play one fast okay. bond. He can play the Count Goes to One. You can play one card that you love. I was playing a cube deck once, which had Fast Bond and Corsure. So it's like, I play my lands for free because I'm taking the damage from Fast Bond, yeah. gaining the life from Corsure. Oh, you're right. You're right, listeners. I might be able to do this because Corsure, I've already said, is going to be my deck. <laughs> it's still okay. I'm not gaining life, so I'm not. you're actively keeping me from winning through life gain. <laughs> sure. If that makes you happy, sure. One Fast Bond. I'm just going to have it with me. And when we play, if you tell me it's okay, I'll put it in the deck. I'll take something out. I'll take something out at random. Oh, my God. All right, listeners. So are there any other commanders that you've been thinking about building? I have a couple. So I always have Momir Vig. Mm. Uh, Momir has like a morph sub theme. You know, not just the Pickles Lock. Everyone's like, oh, no, it's the Pickles Lock. It's now I have a Willbender. Yeah. I have a Fathom I Seer. love Willbender. I have... That's um, a classic fun card. I have a Karu Spell Snatcher. Mm. You know, I have, I have a lot of cool things on, you know, with... Uh, morph. With Morph. Uh, I've always wanted to figure out a way to put in Secret Plans and... Yeah, uh, or... Uh, and, uh, and Trail. Secret Plans is such a great card. But I don't really have enough to justify it. Right. Um... The card that actually sold me on that deck from when Ron Foster hooked me on it is actually um, one of my favorite cards ever, which is Ixodron. Ixodron. He lets you flip things back. So Ixodron, when it comes into play, turn all non-token creatures face down. Yeah. They're two two creatures. Ixodron's power and toughness is equal to the number of face down two two creatures or something like that. Now, this may sound like morph. But you can't unmorph them. You can't unmorph unless... Unless they've already got morph on them. Unless they've got morph. 
Yeah, that's what makes them unbalancedly delicious. Yeah, and uh, or like manifest. And it's and it's one of the few ways, by the way, that you can talk with a commander. <laughs> oh man, and you can play them with uh, who's a mythic from Fate Reforged that let you manifest the top card of your deck every turn? Uh, the um, Whisperwood or Whisperwood Elemental. Yeah, that thing is great. Yeah, but they're not manifest. So if you play Whisperwood, you can't manifest those cards. They right. are so I have come up with a term to desc- so there's manifest creatures. There's morph creatures, and these are morphins. <laughs> They're poor, <laughs> woe-begotten morphins. morphins. <laughs> it's a hard knock life. Wo- uh, what? Wait. Woe-begotten means of ill birth. I said woe-begone. I don't you said woe-begotten. Go away, strange person. <laughs> the problems of recording in a hotel lobby, man. <laughs> that was Colette LaRue. She was uh, working the coverage with us this weekend. Yeah. She is... Um, an awesome human being who is slightly, slightly, well, actually, sometimes. <laughs> like the best of us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Uh, so then I I, I, uh, I also have uh, one green-white deck. I don't even remember who my... That's like my loner deck I have. Usually just like if people want to play. Mm. And it's just like big dumb fatties. You know, sometimes it's just fun. Yeah, uh, and I don't remember. I have some commander commander for it. I don't remember which one I use at this point. I, I change it around. It's kind of a loner deck. It's like, hey, you want to play? You'll have fun. You'll, you know, yeah. any number of giant angels are in the deck and cool things. And it wins, actually, a reasonable amount of the time because no one picks on it early. They're like, oh, you know. And then suddenly it's like, oh, my God. Oh, no. It's like, oh, wait, he's got a bunch of 12, 12 yeah, tramplers. Yeah, and some rats uh, and, you know. <laughs> Uh, so that deck's kind of cool. And then I have a, uh, the other deck that I have is a Lazav, uh, uh, the, uh, the original Lazav sure. deck, which is, uh, my least competitive commander deck because it is a theme commander deck and the theme is hard boiled crime. That's awesome. And so the, um, there's a crime author I love, Donald Westlake. He wrote under the pseudonym Richard Stark. And there's a book called The Man with the Getaway Face, and it's a guy with bandages on his face. Yeah. And I have an Eric Klug altar nice. of that book cover on my Lazav. And every single card in the deck has to be, uh, you have to justify it as being in a hardball crime novel. That's my favorite kind of so, deck. So, again, this is another deck that has Deadeye Navigator. Because the Deadeye, you need the Deadeye Navigator. He knows the escape routes, so he can help the faceless butcher, mm, uh, run you away. know, get away. Or, you know... Or, you know, the mob boss or, you know, so. Sure. Yeah, it's, or like the guy who drags the concrete foot dude into the river and yeah, throws him over yeah, the edge. Into the underground river. Not an underground sea. An underground river is, mm. you're not allowed to play with underground sea because that doesn't really, but an underground river feels somehow. Yeah. Like the sewers. Dark slick shores seems like. Sure, exactly. You know, you have to, even the lands all have to be justified. You know, you can play with a Sol Ring because that's something you would steal. Sure. You, can, you know. It's like your Maltese Falcon type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A MacGuffin. Right. Feel, right, yeah. I love so, that. That's a great idea. Uh, deck's super cool. Not super competitive, but it does some some cool things. I've, I've done. Man, uh, you're talking to a guy who's got the weakest decks on the planet. Dead Eye Navigator <laughs> paired with Trinket Mage. To get Elixir of Immortality every... T- so for three mana... You, you bounce Trinket Mage. Yeah, it was like a five mana loop, right? Where you, you, you blink Trinket Mage, you go get Elixir of Immortality, you play Elixir of Immortality, you sacrifice it, you shuffle, that you gain five really life. That seems really irritating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so you get to do that a bunch of times. That seems real, uh, really you're, irritating. You're like really taxing your Cabal Coffers to... Oh. to to do this, come on, conference, yeah, of course. Of course, right, right. the bank vault. Yeah, yeah. So, I love it. That's yeah. awesome. So that, 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 that's more or less my commander decks right now. I have all of the first two waves of... Precons or whatever? I, I don't love commander product in general. Yeah, I, weren't you trying to make a format where you didn't get to play with... Cl- yeah, I want to play EDH. I want to <laughs> play with where you don't get to use cards from commander sets. That are not you want to use decks that are not made with commander in uh, mind. Correct. I I, fi- I feel like sometimes the in the interest of ending games, mm. the cards are sometimes you know the seven mana spells that some of the big commanders are just you know like well it's not going to impact standard we could do anything and I feel like there's they miss the point and I feel like really they, powerful. They, they go over the edge of being a little too powerful I don't find the cards fun they don't also tick off the nostalgia box for me, which is such a huge part of Commander. Sure. 
So that's kind of why I was joking about the idea of like, I just want to play EDH. So you can only use cards that have come out of a booster pack. Right. And that were at some point standard legal. Sure. <laughs> no, I mean, that's totally fair to me. That's kind of part of why I also like to play Brawl. Brawl is like, here's, it's basically standard commander. Look, right. it's like, you don't get to use the prefixed like 30 cards you have to put in every commander deck. Right. You have to find how this chaff is going to work into something cool. Right. Same way, like, with Commander, I'm like, I miss digging through the boxes to find yeah. out one, like, quarter card from, like, 1990X that's just like, I remember this in high school. It's perfect for this stupid deck that I'm building. That's what that's what I'm doing with this Enchantress deck, right? Is I'm yeah. just digging through my boxes. I'm like, oh, I'll put these three cards in. Yeah, there. exactly. I have cards in there that probably will never see the light of a deck, but I put them in, and I'm like, oh, let me, let me see. I would go by the dealers this weekend and flip through their exactly. stuff. I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, I need a Sterling Grove. Let me put that in here. And, you know. Like, I'm going to put Mahamodi Jin into my... I'm making this green-white... Uh, I mean, green-blue, basically, big monsters deck. Yeah. To ramp from nothing to just, like, fatties. Mahamodi Jin is, like, a totally useless card in EDH. It's just a 5-6 flyer. But it's my favorite card of all time. Mid-range. And, by God, <laughs> I'm going to put that goddamn thing in this deck. Green-blue <laughs> mid-range. Yeah, it's just going to be big old flying dumb idiot. Yeah. It'll be great. And I put a right of replication on him, and there'll be, like, five of them. Right yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, that card's great. I love that card. Oh, I love it. Anyways. Wow, man, this is great. Thank you so much for taking the time oh, to hang out with me. My, my pleasure. I know it's like at the end of the GP weekend and we're all just exhausted. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't get to talk about magic. I was, doing, I was producing the show, so I didn't get to. I'm, so I'm, I have a lot of pent up magic talking to do. <laughs> You're like, ah, finally I can just sit and vent about these cards. And that deck looks awesome. I can't wait. Show me the list when you're done. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping to have it done by Thursday. I really want to play it with Sheldon. Yeah, that sounds and awesome. And see if I can, I can make something something happen with it. Right. You know, I, I probably won't have my Sarah Sanctum until I get home, but, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, it'll be, like, 80% of the way there. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and, again, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about, like, oh, let's test this out. Oh, these cards. All right, make a little mark on this so I know to take this out exactly. later. And, cool. Yeah. All right, man. Well, if people wanted to find you, where could they find you? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm at a lot of magic events, but uh, <laughs> uh, the easiest way to find me is I'm at Toppy Games, uh, T-O-P, the number eight games on Twitter. Uh, I am, uh, I'm slightly active on Twitter. <laughs> mildly. Yeah. You're I as, look at it once in a while. You're as mildly active on Twitter as I am mildly active on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I should retweet this. Oh, no, shit. No, I'm not already. I'm like, I don't need to retweet this. That's fine. Oh, uh, man. But, uh... Oh, I forgot to even ask. How did your game do? Oh, the game went great. Uh, yeah. it, did, it did really well. Emergence Genesis. Uh, Emergence Genesis. Uh, I'm hoping to work on a graphic novel with the characters, uh, with one of the artists who did the principal designs for it this year. Cool. Uh, my, I have a comic coming out uh, that I kickstarted. Yeah, man. We, should, been, we can have a whole conversation about your other career. That has been, like, dragging behind, and I apologize to people who contributed. I had a really crappy year on the home life front with with my family i mean 2018 hit us all marriage is great you know highlight was 25th year of marriage with my wife wonderful uh that's perfect uh but my my family just my dad passed away my mom was got hit by a car my my god my brother was super sick oh Um, it was just like it was just like i really cannot wait for this year to even be further in our rear view mirror (laughs) um but but i'm really excited uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is this comic book. Uh, it's a young adult comic called The Totally Unstuck Adventures of Anna Kronos that I did with Jesse Munoz, who's a magic player. I met at Grand Prix Portland a couple years ago. Is um, just someone I've become super great friends with, and he's an amazingly talented artist. And um, we are very close to being done with the comic. Awesome. Uh, it took a lot longer than we thought it would, but I think Always it's going to be. Man. I think it's going to be worth it. It and, looked really cool. The premise um, is really cool. I'm super proud of it, and. Uh, I'm usually very, you know, I, I have con- conflicted feelings about things that I write. You know what I mean? It's never quite where you, but this is, is really, really close. As close as I can get to being like something that really express, you know, takes what's in this chaotic whirl of things in my brain and actually translating it down to paper. It is as close as I've ever gotten. It's the most pure expression of what of my inspiration awesome that i've ever experienced as a creator i look forward to reading it. yeah it's gonna I'm, be cool. I'm, I'm super excited awesome man well thank you so much for joining us oh and, thank you i um, love this yeah i hope we can uh, hang out in person again sometime and just sit and record some more episodes play more games yeah oh if people are also like literally want to find me if they're at grand prix new jersey 
Mm. I will be at Grand Prix New Jersey. I'll probably have cookies. And Dude, his I cookies will are also, insane. I will also have Commander decks and be looking to play Commander, draft, cube draft, do whatever. Um, come up and say hello to me. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm attention hungry. So <laughs> just come say hi to me and play some magic with me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today on this very special episode. I apologize about the sound quality, but the stories are so cool that I think you guys will figure it out. I didn't even bring my jackhammers with me. <laughs> yeah, but um, so, yeah. And here's where the boilerplate will go. All right, guys. I think that's where we're going to wrap up. You can find me at Girapuri Gears, or you can, at this point, probably watch me on the VOD of the pre-pre-release that's coming out for uh, Ravnica Allegiance, where I got to fly out to um, Victoria to hang out with the guys from Lodi Ray Run to play the brand new set coming out. I'm super stoked about what will have happened, so hopefully I presented myself well, and if not, then hopefully I look really funny uh, while dying. Um, anyways... I think that's where we're going to call it a wrap. So, Commanderin, totally sweet, super awesome. Not always great, but always fun. Have a good evening, guys. And stop.